Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Hey New York City, someone is about to become iconic. Every Sunday night, myself and Lindsay Kay will be producing our second season of our drag competition Iconic at Icon in Astoria. Hosted by Heidi Ho, this competition will feature up-and-coming queens of this city as they battle it out for an incredible prize package. And guess what? At Iconic, you, the audience, will be our fourth judge. Mark your calendars for Sunday nights this winter as we crown the next Iconic Superstar. And as always, follow us on Twitter and visit theaternow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's a stone-cold bitch from DC's House of Stone. It's Venus Valhalla. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having I'm, me. I'm excited to expand the horizons of just having NYC queens, and you'll be the first DC queen. I am so thrilled to be the first one to come up here and be a part of your podcast. Thanks for doing this. I'm excited. We're going to learn all about you. Oh, um, there's I, a lot I hope, to learn. I hope you have some stories for us. Um, but like, I like to start from the very beginning. Um, so where are you from? Um, so I started doing drag when I went to college at the University of Nebraska. Okay. So I started doing drag, um, at a bar in Lincoln, Nebraska called The Alley. Um, it is no longer with us. Well, no, what happened to it? Um, I was not there when it closed down, but there's a new gay bar in town called Das House. Um, I have yet to perform there but hopefully i'm going back soon uh we're ta- we're thinking about april so maybe i will i'll be able to make my premiere there but um according to them it was just bad management skills of the bar which is normal for for gay bars I yeah, think. It happens. yeah it happens i mean the amount of like places in new york that have come and gone in the past like five years mm-hmm. is surprising but um Every Thursday they had a amateur strip night at the at the alley, and um, I was you know taking off all of my clothes and like dancing around in my underwear because I was living my freshly nineteen twink fantasy, and um, I won about six weeks in a row, um, and I was just doing that instead of getting a job like a like a real person. Yeah, why do that? Yeah, like I can show up one week and get. 200 bucks in my pocket and have that for the week and all of the queens were watching me and realized that I was um lip syncing all of the words while I was while I was stripping for Mm -hmm. everyone in the bar and um so they said why don't you just do drag you're you're basically doing it right now every week and so they had a group of newer girls that they wanted to do and the older queens had like a boot camp that they were doing once a week, and I joined them for that, and the rest is history. Nice. So what was your journey like to D.C.? What brought you to D.C.? So I did high school in D.C. Mm-hmm. So then I left D.C. to go to Nebraska to go to college, and then I uh, stopped going to college there, and then I came back to D.C. and and broke into the scene again well for the first it would be the first time that i broke into the scene in dc what is the biggest difference about living in dc compared to nebraska um there's definitely more venues in dc 
Um, there's more opportunities, but there's also more queens. The way that shows are run in D.C. are also a lot different. Um, Nebraska is very, very, very weird. Yeah. Because no one gets no one gets paid in Nebraska, except for the show. The except for like the person who actually hosts the show. And you have to talk to, like, the show director and you set up your own show. And then you get a, the one queen that sets up the show. Um, she gets, like, the the cover from the from the bar. And then she decides how she wants to uh, distribute it amongst the other Interesting. queens. But she usually just ends up keeping it all for herself. Interesting. Well, I'm, I'm excited to learn about the DC scene in a bit. But first, how would you describe Venus in three words? Cunty. Witty. And gorgeous. Okay, I think that checks out. Mm-hmm. What is the origin story of your drag name and persona? Um, so, the drag name, um, I wanted to do something... Well, a lot of people think Venus, and then they immediately think the goddess. Mm-hmm. But I... It's... Venus is my favorite planet, and I know that most people are partial because we live on this one. But I, growing up, was a huge nerd. Like, loved... Like, everyone used to watch Cartoon Network and, like, Nickelodeon, and I just sat and watched the Discovery Channel or the History Channel or National Geographic. And so, um... I would always watch this show called The Universe, and they had, like, episodes on all the different planets. And so, I ended up, like, really being into... Venus because she's the the planet is so volatile and it was like the first planet ever discovered it rotates the opposite way of every other planet it stands out it's this it's the it's the third brightest thing in the sky after the sun and the moon so it's like you can actually have a shadow from Venus at night like there's a lot I mean the I think that it's I think that it's really, it's a, that's why I decided, because I thought that it, it meant uniqueness, beauty, and kind of like an inner, like, inner demon kind of moment, because it's so beautiful looking in, but on the inside, it's like, it's, it's so, there's such a fire on the inside that, that burns so brightly that no one, no one can, no one ever thought that there, it could be there. Nice. So we got the first name. Mm-hmm. Now the second the name. The second name. Um, well, Valhalla in Norse mythology is the warrior's he- heaven. So if you die on the battlefield or you die, you you are brought by the Valkyries up into Valhalla. And so I thought that that was, um, that was really powerful to me. And it, it kind of portrays strength. And I wanted a name that... I also really like the alliteration of it. So putting it together... My name has a lot of deep meanings. Yeah, it that, like, like it. It, it's something that I like. I put a lot of thought into that wasn't just going to be. Um, I didn't want it to be a joke. That's like fair. that was. I wanted it to be something. You that didn't was want to mean- be funny. Yeah, I wanted it to be meaningful to me that I, I could portray something, uh, portray, help portray the character that I want to on stage. Now I'm going to ask you this question as you're actually doing it. How long does it take to transform into Venus? Um, it depends on how much time I'm given. So like. Um, since we're, you know, talking and stuff, it'll probably take me the full two and a half hours. Um, but I can usually crank out a face in an hour and 15 if I have, in an hour if I have to. Um, I mean, the more that you do it, the faster you get. True. 
who are some of your drag inspirations? Um, drag inspirations. Um, someone who recently came on Drag Race that kind of has the same fashion style as I do is Cameron Michaels. Um, her joke is like flowy with a headpiece. Mine is like corset with a long train. Okay. So do you do a center split also? Uh, I do not, <laughs> um, but I do a helicopter split. Okay. So, but that's becoming more and more common as well. How would you describe your drag aesthetic? Um, warrior, ready, ready for battle, um, glamorous, hoary. I mean, I'm in this weird, like, middle space right now where... Um, I'm moving from, like, mall drag to, like, actual, like, fashion look, yeah. like, actual looks. You're, you're retiring Forever 21. Right, right. But, um, when you walk around all the time and have to, like, a cocktail dress is a, a good, an, e- mm-hmm. an easy go-to rather than, like, putting on a full armor corset and... Truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, somewhere in between there, I like to pull out, um... I like to pull out cocktail dresses every once in a while, but I also like to um, have, like, all the cool tassels and stones and big hair and... Yeah. How, many, how many drag pieces do you own? Um, so I have my... My... Like, how many, like how many drag outfits? Yeah. Like, the higher... Probably, like, seven or eight right now, and then probably, like, 30 cocktail dresses. Nice. So... So you mentioned a little bit about the uh, DC drag scene. What is it about it that attracts you to performing in DC? Um, it's where I am. Fair. <laughs> um, I like DC because um, you never know who you're going to meet there. It's kind of a weird crossroads area where you have people from all over the country and all sorts of walks of life. Um and I think New York is kind of similar to that, where it's like a big melting pot, but um, you never know if you're going to meet like someone who works on the Hill or someone who is important in the government or, you know, all of a sudden Anderson Cooper is going to walk into the bar and... That's not bad. And you're going to meet Anderson Cooper that day or Andy Cohen likes some of the bars in, in DC too and he walks around and he'll meet people and... Um, it's just like it's that's probably the be- the best part about DC is it's like there's a lot of connections to be made and there's um and there's a lot of surprise as to who's who's going to show up. Is there a DC drag queen that you've yet to work with that is on your dream list? Um no, I've pretty much worked with everyone in the city. So I, I guess maybe the next one would be like Scout's Honor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, someone who I always enjoy being around and, um, and working with is, um, Sasha Adams. I don't really get to work with her very much, but whenever I'm in the same dressing room as her, she's always so nice and willing to help and, and has a smile on her face and she's, she's absolutely wonderful. So they say in the biz, you are booked and blessed. Mm-hmm. What does your weekly schedule look like? Um, so I have a viewing party every Friday at a lovely restaurant called Seasons and Sessions, um, that I host with my sister, Logan Stone. And then, um, every Friday and Saturday night, I am hosting 
at a bar called Pitchers, um, where I walk around and talk to people, make sure everyone has a good time. Um, I also hand out free drink tickets every once in a while if you're nice to me. Um, every Sunday I have a brunch at uh, the same place at Seasons and Sessions. Um, and um, um, and they, that has two seatings. Um, I have a monthly show at um, Ten Tigers Parlor with the rest of my sisters called Glass House. I have another monthly show at a brewing company called Denison's, which is in Silver Spring, which is a lot of fun. Um, and we're working with the, them to have um, more more events there. And they're very excited to have more drag there. Um, that's probably most of my, my most consistent gigs. But then there's always like other gigs at Cobalt or Uproar or bar, just random around the city as well. Do you ever have to, like, cater your show based on the venue and the crowds you're performing for? Yes. So, like, from my understanding, it's, like, neighborhoods here where mm-hmm. it's, like, Brooklyn drag is, you know, Brooklyn drag. And then Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. It's similar in D.C. except it's localized to bars. So, like, trade would probably be the closest thing to to Brooklyn drag mm-hmm. where it's, like, crazy and... and um, trying to say this nicely uh it's (laughs) it's gritty and dirty and like um but it's still like polished it's it's just you know different as opposed to something at cobalt where it's like you're gonna you're gonna get the eight count and the and the high kick and a cartwheel up against the wall yeah so it's like it and then uproar is something that's gonna be in between too what is the best and worst thing about having a brunch gig Oh, um, how early it is. Also the fact that it's a double seating, so you end up, I end up being in drag from like 7am, like starting to get in drag at like 7am and then getting out of drag and eating for the first time in a day at like probably 6.30. Oh god, that's that's too much. And then if I have another gig after that, then I have to stay in drag, and then I'm in drag for like 14 hours, that's probably... If you could create any show at any venue in D.C., what would it be called, and what would we expect to see? Oh, um... See, D.C. has, like, bar titles and, like, competitions, but there's nothing that's, like... I would really want to do, like, a reading show. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a, a, a pageant that's, like, um, whoever can be the bitchiest... Like, um, and just something, something that's funny that everyone can sit down and laugh and have a good time at and like, just forget what's going on. Cause I feel, I feel like that's what DC is really missing. It's like having a good time. All that's right. The, is but, there a venue that you want to do it at? Um, I would love to do it at Pitchers. I would love, Pitchers has a great, um, dance floor area that we could have, um, you know, the, the show at, but. Well, it's 2019, pitch it. Yeah. Let's it can see. happen. So you were a part of the DC Drag Wars. Mm-hmm. What was your experience like with this long form competition? Um, it was very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in the top five. Congratulations! Uh, thank you. Um, we don't know the placing other than the first and second alternate, so I'm just going to say that I got third place. <laughs> um, it was. Very difficult, but very rewarding. Um, I feel like that was what really set into motion, like, my transition from mall drag into, like, actual 
actual drag. Um, not that mall drag is an actual drag, but like it made me create things out of things. All Most of the challenges were like turn trash into something cool. So like the first episode was newspaper. So we had to create a whole look made out of newspaper. And I figured out how to make like 11 foot tall wings out of this like out of nothing. Yeah. And, um, and like it's being able to craft and, and make something so grand and create a vision out of that is probably the biggest thing that I learned from that competition. Why is competition important for growth in drag? Um, because if you are just doing the same thing over and over and over again for a different crowd, then you're going to stagnate and people are going to get bored. So if you have someone else to push you and you see what something else that someone else is doing well that you don't do well in, it pushes you to try and be better in the ways, in the ways that you're lacking. So you are part of the legendary house of stone. Yes, I am. Who makes up this house and how did it come to be? Um, so it is Citrine, Vigenesis, Logan Stone, myself, and Kitney Stone. Um, Citrine, Logan, and Vigenesis started um, drag in their living room together. And um, I met them one night uh, at Uproar when we were all first starting out. And... Um, we just quickly became best friends and they asked me to be a part of their house and I said yes. And um, and then we found Kitney and she was already Kitney Stone. and So it worked. So it worked and we asked her to be a part of the house as well because we really meshed with her and we really loved her. Um, and ever since then we've been a family and that's only been since March. That's so cool. It's, it's been a very fast process but a good one so you mentioned glass house uh what is this show that you do with your sisters so glass house is it's the only drag variety show in dc um so i normally do like a stand-up comedy bit logan plays the violin um the genesis has done live singing and um and she's done spoken word um Kitney has done really cool comedy mixes. She's she's very campy. Um, uh, Citrine also sings live. Um, each we're going to start doing theme shows. Um, it's basically we just try and put on a show that everyone is going to enjoy that is different than just you know who can do the best eight count. Yeah, I like that. Do you enjoy performing so frequently with your sisters? Do you find that you like push each other? Well, I don't even perform with them very frequently. I mean, like, um, that was something that we ran into at the beginning was, like, everyone thought that, oh, well, if I book Venus, I have to book at least one other girl from the House of Stone. Or if, I have, if I'm going to book one, I have to book all of them. And, yes, we push each other, we push each other um, outside of performance and, and in, in and out of drag, but that doesn't have to be, like... Yes, I enjoy performing with them, but that's not what we do together the most. Yeah. The thing that we do together the most is prop each other up and help each other be the best that we can be. Do you find it's important to have a drag house in the DC nightlife scene? Um, no. Um, it's important for me, specifically, but, um, 
and I enjoy having it, but you don't need to be in a drag house to be successful. Um, there are a lot of them, though. Um, there's the... There are the Kellys. So that's Christina Kelly uh, and her children. And then there's the House of Love. Um, and that's Tori Love and her family. And then I wouldn't say they're a house, but Ayana Deschanel and Brooklyn Heights, they are a couple. And they basically perform together. Every, they're inseparable. Um, but that's about, that's about it. Um, there are plenty of queens who are successful on their own, so it's not necessary. It's just helpful. Well, I think it's time that we learn a little bit about some of your sisters that you perform with. Mm -hmm. We are going to do something called Tea Time, okay. where you're going to spill a little tea, share some stories about some of your favorite sisters, friends, uh, co-stars, and don't hold back. So we're going to start off with mm -hmm. Citrine. Citrine. Um, I'm trying to think of something that I can tell that she's not going to kill me. <laughs> um... Citrine um, is very quiet. And when I first started hanging out with them, I thought that she absolutely hated me. I was like, Citrine doesn't want to talk to me. Citrine doesn't want to be around with me. And me and her had a gig in Baltimore together. And that has that night has completely changed the way that me and her interact with each other. Because... Now she's probably the one that I'm closest with in the whole house. Um, and one time, we uh, we had come up to we had come up to New York for all of their birthdays because they are all born with the three Logan, Logan's fiance and Citrine are all born within like a week of each other. And so we came up here, and we were at um, we were at therapy, and we were waiting in line. And I was like, it's going to be packed. I'm not going to be able to dance. I got on Grinder and I went across the street and was like, I'm just going to hook up with this guy right here in the street. Or not across the street in his apartment, not mm -hmm. in the street. And um, so I left and Logan and Kitney turned to Citrine because this was like right after we had gone to Baltimore together and go, so what's going on between you and Venus? Your demeanor changed when she <laughs> left. And she was like, Nothing is going on. My demeanor has not changed. Nothing, like, nothing is going on. And Logan turns to her and goes, I don't believe you. Oh, and, oh. <laughs> and Citrine was just absolute. She, she didn't know what to say. Nothing has ever happened between me and her. We are just very, very good friends. And they were just trying her. <laughs> so that was, pro that's probably the, the most PC story that I can tell. All right, about all right. Her. Well, let's go in alphabetical order. Next is Kitney Stone. Kitney. Um, Kitney's actually the one that got us Glass House. Nice. Um, she drunkenly, in drag, met the manager of Ten Tigers, the bar that we do it at, and says, well, we're all, we're all drag queens together. Like, we're all a house. Like, you should just book us all on a show and we can do it together. And the, and the manager said yes, drunkenly. And then we messaged him and was like, were you serious? And he was like, yes. Sure. So, and Glass House was born. So that's probably the, that is one of the, just how serendipitous it can be that you can run into someone and say something and yeah. have something happen. 
Um, is Logan next? Logan's next. Um, so, Logan and I used to be partners in crime. She was the one that I met first. And me and her used to, because Citrine is very much a homebody. Like I said, she's very shy. So Logan and I used to be, like, inseparable. We would always go out together. We would, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't find one of us without the other. Um, but me and her can get on each other's nerves a little bit. As friends do. Um, we can, we can rub each other the wrong way every once in a while. Um, there was one time that me and her were, um, that me and her were at Cobalt and Vagenesis was performing and she was tying Vagenesis's corset and she ripped every single rivet <gasps> out of the back of the, just like, <sighs> oh no. And Vagenesis was there like. I don't have anything else to wear. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Um, so that's probably one of the, f- just the look and the on her on Genesis's face and the sound that that corset made as she ripped every <laughs> single bit of it apart. Um, that's terrible. Well, let's talk about the Genesis. Um, she is DC's premier bearded queen. Um. She is irreverent and beautiful and ugly at the same time. <laughs> um, she has a this is me moment every time she hits the stage. Um, she is the winner of DC Drag Wars. Me, Citrine, and Vagenesis all did it together and we all made the top the top five and then Vagenesis won. Um A funny story about her. So there was one time, she's probably the most adventurous along with me, um, out of the whole family. And, um, she, she decided that she, she wanted to go to the cock while we were in New York. And I said, okay, let's go. Oh boy. And we took the whole house with us. It was me, Citrine, Logan, Genesis, and Kitney. And there was just debauchery that ensued. Um, and Logan goes, we, we, we were all about to leave. And Logan goes to find Vagenesis. And she, she sees Vagenesis and she is uh, engaging with someone. And um, Logan turns to, someone turns to Logan and says, are you in line too? <gasps> oh god and a line had formed for her and <laughs> we were just all gooped that's funny we were all gooped we're gonna continue with tea time next is Ayana Deschanel um Ayana is weirdly quiet um she's she is not only the nicest, but also the meanest person that you could ever meet. Uh oh. Um, cause she will chew, she will chew you out, and she will let you know how she feels about you. But that's kind of something that I admire about her. Um, she 
is incredibly talented. Um, she does hair. She d she sews uh, like a wizard. Um, she is just. I think that all that she wants to do is do her gig and and feel her oats while she's in drag and and get out of it. I think that's that's what she she does. Um, she's incredible to work with. She's someone that I look up to. Um, she's just hard to read sometimes, if that makes sense. That's fair. Next up, we have Christina Kelly. Oh, I love her. Um, she is probably the head bitch in D.C. If you need a booking, if you want to work in D.C., you talk to Christina Kelly. Um, she will give you the shirt off of her back, um, and it will most likely be too big for you. Um, <laughs> she is lovable, witty. She is just a white woman from Chevy Chase, and she will tell you that at every show. Um, and yeah. she has a lot of kids. And she has a lot of ch She She has about 9,000 titles, 18,000 kids, and uh, weighs about 20,000 pounds. <laughs> Next, we have Buffy Wilde. Buffy is probably one of uh, one of my favorite queens in the city. Um, she is incredibly politically active. She does meaningful mixes. She does meaningful... Um, everything that she does has a meaning behind it. Everything is so well thought out. I just wish that she would stop shopping at Hot Topic. <laughs> um she was my twin in the twin challenge of drag wars um and she if it weren't for her i don't know if i would have won that week um and ever since then she has still been my twin because she stole all of my makeup <laughs> um one of the most talented queens in the entirety of dc is miss buffy wild next is geneva confection um she is Probably the first drag queen that I was ever really friends with. Um, incredibly funny. One of the funniest people that I have ever met. Um, will also just give you the shirt off of her back if she can. Um, but it's probably the only shirt that she owns. <laughs> um, she can perform like, like nothing I have ever seen. Um... And when she does her cartwheel, I can tell you that they feel it in California. Because it shakes the whole building, the whole crust of the earth, the, and my soul. It's She is a force to be reckoned with, and I think that she is underappreciated in the city. Next we have someone I saw at Bushwig, and then met in New York City during DragCon, Desiree Dick. Um, also someone who is very underappreciated in the city. Um, she helped me get some of my first gigs when I was trying to, um, well, she gave me some of my first gigs when I tried to get into the DC drag scene. And, um, she is wild. Yes, um, she is. Did you see her pull a balloon out of her asshole and then she blew it, like blew the balloon up yes, and then did. popped it and glitter came out? Yep. I, bitch, I live. It was, she... And the penis wig. And the penis wig. 
and the the milk titties and the penis titties and I mean she she takes uh, her name very seriously. Um, she will put a dick on anything. Um, it's branding. It is branding. She is also great to work with. Um, yeah, she. I. I'm not saying anything mean, really. Am no, I? No, I mean I you just, can start yeah. with the next one if you want. Yeah. Uh, next is Anastasia Dior. Oh. Um, <laughs> she. She is great. I do not know her very well. Um, I would like to see more of her, um, if that's possible. But I know that she is very busy. Um, another person who is very hard to read. Um, she's gorgeous. Yeah, I met her short, briefly at uh, DragCon. She's mm -hmm. very pretty. Speaking of another person I met at DragCon, Sigma. Sigma. Um, she's disappeared. I don't know where she is. Where'd she go? I don't know. Poof. Poof? Poof. All right. Well, let's move on next to Bratwurst. Um, she is neat, petite, and ready to eat. She is just a snack. It's Bratwurst. Um, I just had her at brunch, and I said that joke like 8,000 times that day. <laughs> um, uh, also someone that I would love to get to know more. Um, she... Um, is an AFAB queen... Um, she is incredibly talented and about the size of my pinky. Mm -hmm. She's tiny. Um, she is. We, we had her stand next to, uh, one of New York's queens, uh, Andy Starling, mm -hmm. who is very tall mm -hmm. at DragCon. And it was one of my favorite photos ever because... How tall is Andy? Um, in heels and everything, he's probably, at, she's probably at least six, six. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a queen in Nebraska. Her name is, um, her name is Aurora Bauer. And she is six seven out of heels. Oh God! And seven one. Mm -hmm. in well, chandelier period. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, next is we're gonna do a little segment for, of the queens who left DC to come to New York. First mm -hmm. up is OG Fag. Um, produce queen. Um, she is. <laughs> she is so funny and so so weird and so hard to read too um but i love her I, I went up to her i had missed a number that she had did and i just handed her a five dollar bill and i said i don't know what you did but i know whatever you did i loved it so here you go because everything that she does is also very thought out very funny um very next level um and i like what she does um she's just gonna glue cabbage to her face yeah why not yeah next up is johanna I don't know if Johanna actually left D.C. to come to New York. I think she just <laughs> lived in New York and comes to D.C. every once in a while. Um, she's very sweet, very quiet, very beautiful. Um, she always wants to do, like, last-minute duets with me. It's always like, hey, I'm doing this song. You're doing it with me. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and it's usually... And it usually ends up with me spinning, not knowing the words, and her trying to throw me the words because i'm like i don't know what's happening it's at all and finally i'm just going to preface this with don't make me edit anything out my dear friend seraphim oh i love seraphim um jeff is someone that someone that i miss very dearly someone who i uh 
really enjoyed talking to when uh, she lived in, uh, when she lived in D.C. Um, I, I want her to get out of her head. Um, I think that she has so much potential and I think that she is her biggest roadblock. And I think I once, agree. I think once she gets rid of that, I don't think that there's anything that's going to stop her. I agree. And you guys can't have her back. Sorry. <laughs> it seems nowadays, um, at least in New York, the ultimate goal is to get on Drag Race. Do you have aspirations to be on the show? Um, I wouldn't say no. Um, like if I was asked, I wouldn't say no. Um, I would love to. I would love to be on the show. Yes. Um, I have never auditioned because I'm still so new that like I haven't had a chance to audition really. Um, I plan on putting in my first tape this year for 12. Um, I don't know how well that's going to go for me, but I've always said that the only, the only surefire way of not getting something is not doing it. Fair. Is there anyone from the DC scene that you'd like to see on Drag Race? Me. That's it. Just you? That's it? (laughs) Just me. Um, I think that, um... I think that Geneva would do really well on the show. Um, I think Sasha Adams would do really well on the show. Um, I think Ayana and Christina would both do really well on the show. Um, and I think uh, I would do really well on the show. But we'll see how that actually goes. How can you use your platform as an entertainer to bring awareness to the issues of today? Well, um, one, the second that you walk into the room in drag, you can say and do almost anything to almost anyone. You have the, the, the filter of like, this is coming from a drag queen. So, um, sometimes people allow you to allow you to say things that they normally don't want to hear. My personal message is, to people is self-love because the one thing that I hear from people that I talk to, because I talk to a lot of people, especially working at pictures, is that um, I wish I could do my makeup like you. I wish that I could pull this off. I wish that I could do this. And I always tell them, well, the only difference between me and you is that I decided to put it on today and you didn't. So just wake up and decide to put it on the next day. There's no pulling it off. There's no, the, I mean, the worst thing that happens is that you're wearing it. Yeah. And then you can take it off. Um, and for some reason, when it comes from me in a wig and in heels, it really hits the message home and people get it and people understand as opposed to when they just like hear it from their friends. It's like, well, you're just saying that to be nice to me, but like, so I don't know what it is about drag, but I feel like people actually pay attention when you have something to say. And so by doing drag and giving that message out, not only do you send that message to that person, but then that person sends that message to another person. And it's like this chain effect of, of, your, of your influence on other people. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Who would you do for a Snatch Game? Now, for the listeners who may have listened to the um, recap, you may have gotten this answer, but for those who didn't, 
So, um, I would do the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. But I would do her as, like, a momager character. So she would just, like, be bragging about Jesus all the time, saying, like, oh, my son has the best-selling book of all time. What does your son do? Bitch, my son has disciples. How are you going to come for him? Or, and then, I, w- I was thinking maybe I could, like, rig lights into the veil <laughs> and, like, just have a big burst of light come out of me and, and be absolutely surprised. Like, even I don't know what it is this time. Like, I don't know what's happening. Start crying blood, immediately be pregnant, say, like... Not again. Like, funny. It'll be. I would, think. Would you ha- resemble Chris Jenner at all? Um, I think that would be. I think it would be funny to have the wig underneath the veil because yeah. the veil would like cover all of my hair, and then to take the veil off and be Chris Jenner. That's funny. Or even like, um, this this might be like taking it too far, but like having a crucifix and then like a cell phone and being <laughs> like, "You're doing amazing, sweetie." <laughs> <laughs> What is your go-to karaoke song? Um, anything by Celine Dion. Are you are you a Celine Dion stan? I am a big Celine Dion stan. Uh, the Did other... you drive all night to go see her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would... Um, I would be there. Mm-hmm. That is her favorite song to cover. I'll be there. Yeah? Yeah. Um, the other person that I really love is Demi Lovato, um, and... Uh, Brady makes fun of me because he always says that she's dead. Um, well, she, she's sort of alive. She's 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 kicking. She's out there. I know that she's she voted. Is there anyone who does a, a like Barbra Streisand illusion that you could do a duet of? Tell him. Oh, um, honestly, I know Johanna would put on the nose <laughs> if I asked her. Maybe I should do that to her. Hey, you're putting on a prosthetic nose for this show. There you go. There you go. There you go, this Johanna. Is, this, is a, this is payback. If you had to pick one DC drag queen to be your partner on The Amazing Race, who would it be? Um, hmm. It would either be Citrine or Geneva. Because Geneva... No, I would pick I would pick Citrine. Now, which of you would do the heights and who's eating all the weird things? I'm doing both. You're doing both. I'm doing You're both. You're the adventurous one. Yeah, she went. She, she's the one who is going to make sure that we that I don't spend all the money, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to do all the challenges so that um, we can actually win. Geneva would be into eating the weird things because I think that she'll put anything in her mouth. Um, but I think Citrine would probably be a better partner. Nice. All right, we're going to move into the Pop 5 Rapid Fire, where I'm going to ask you five pop culture type things. Okay. And you're going to say the first word, story, phrase, whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Number one, Bird Box. Casting Couch. <laughs> oh! Did you did you enjoy the movie? Um, I'm only an hour and a half into it. Uh-huh. I still have another hour left. Um, but that will be for the train ride back. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it should be too scary on the train. Yeah. Next, number two, is Kevin Spacey's Odd Frank Underwood video. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, you didn't see it? came out last week where, um, after the, um, charges were pressed against him, and he just came out in character and, like, tried to deny everything. It was really weird. Oh. It's really freaky. You should check it out. Oh. Number three... Bandersnatch. 
I haven't been able to see that either. Because uh, I can't download it on Netflix. Right. Here, let me give one for you. <laughs> Alexis Stone revealing that all of her plastic surgery was fake. Yeah. I, so I did not... I mean, I wasn't unaware of the whole thing, really, because I'm not a huge makeup person. I don't really follow it. Mm-hmm. But Seraphim had like told me about it, and I was like, this is weird. Um... And then I got on Facebook last night, and like the entire timeline is talking about the goopery. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I mean, good it, for her. She like, revealed. Up. She revealed that it was um, a collaboration with a makeup brand. I think the Creme Shop. Or, yeah, and something or, with Netflix. Yeah, but she has been keeping it up for months. I know saying, that's like, like a real yeah big. It was, I was gooped because I was really trying to be happy for her because the whole thing is like, guys, I'm healing. It'll look better in a couple months, but, and I'm very happy with it. And I was like, girl, you look No, I I didn't watch the video. Was this like daily putting it on or did this stay on the entire couple months? I, I think it was daily. I think it might've been daily putting it on. Damn, that's a lot of work. Because, well, I don't think, the thing is, I don't think people were, I guess she would have to put it on daily. I think you're or right. Or she just because, didn't go out. Yeah. Because, Insane. Because people would recognize her, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe they wouldn't because they would assume that she, they would think that she had to wear the... They would think that she looked like what she was on right. Instagram. Yeah. Number four, speaking of insane things, the government shutdown. Um, I think it's stupid. Um, I think that the wall is stupid. I think that... Um, I think that it is entirely Donald Trump's fault, um, and I cannot wait for 2020. It's coming close. Mm-hmm. It's only a year away. And number five is RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 4. Uh, drama. Mm-hmm. I am living for the drama. Drama, 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 drama. I think, I think RuPaul's Drag Race needs to be more dramatic now. I, I agree. Yeah. From the things I've heard, I, I think season 11 will bring us some drama too okay good that's the that's what i want to hear so i have my previous guest ask my current guest a question and this is a question from the legendary brenda darling Mm -hmm. if you could perform with any rupaul's drag race entertainer who would it be oh now you've performed with a couple you've met a couple yeah um so maybe someone you haven't yet well the only one that i've really performed with is tammy brown um but if i could like perform like perform like an actual duet like on stage together. Sure, let's do that. Um, honestly, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Cameron because I know that she can throw me. She can throw you. Yeah, like I want to be. You I want wanna, you want it rough on stage too. No, I want a full like Tandy Amon Dupree moment where <laughs> I just get thrown across the stage <laughs> and, and land in a split. Like that's that's what I want. Okay. Yeah. She can just pick me up and like literally, and we can just do stunt after stunt after stunt. I think that would be... That would be a good show. Mm -hmm. Now it's your turn to ask my next guest a question. If you were going to quit drag tomorrow, what would be the last number that you would do? Oh, I like that. I like that. Well, if you've made it this far in the podcast, use hashtag Venus. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, I'm at Venus Valhalla on Instagram. You can also add me on Facebook under the same name. It's V-E-N-U-S-V-A-L-H-A-L-L-A. Amazing. Thanks for doing this. Yes, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. 
the biggest thanks to Venus for coming on. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.